This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. Content warning. Today's episode contains a curse word. I'm not telling you where it's at, so you'll have to subscribe and listen to the whole thing to find out which one it is. Enjoy the goddamn show. It's Monday, July 13. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. Are you ready for a Kanye West White House? The rapper dropped the news on Twitter, writing, We must now realize the promise of America by trusting God, unifying our vision, and building our future. The announcement last night coming too late for him to get on the ballot. Those voices are discussing President Kanye West. Three words more off-putting than cruise ship buffet, Barry Weiss editorial, and starring John Travolta. The Grammy winner's late registration to run for the nation's highest office, despite a lack of experience and history of public service, once again demonstrates that, best intentions aside, no one man should have all that power. Neither a Democrat nor a Republican, Mr. West claims to be a member of the Birthday Party, a fitting alliance for the guy who's been dogged by rumors that he once kicked 60 kids out of a Chuck E. Cheese, where he grabbed the mic from Jasper T. Jowls to inform the rest of Munch's make-believe band that the Tooth Fairy Award should have gone to Pasquale Pie Plate. In a wide-ranging interview with Forbes, itself a publication named for a guy who barely ran for president, Mr. West laid out the details of his policy platform and reminded the world that some of his best work came from the time in which his jaw was wired shut. Among Mr. West's many concerns, he's worried that they want to put chips inside us, presumably referring to Bill Gates or the shadowy Soros-controlled Pringles lobby, and he expressed the belief that Planned Parenthood has been placed inside cities by white supremacists to do the devil's work like the well-known cervical cancer screenings that act as a front for Satanists to release smoke monsters out of their crotch like that red lady in Game of Thrones. Mr. West is also skeptical of a coronavirus vaccine, believing it's the mark of the beast itself. So if you want to take a gamble on it when it comes out, be sure to inject no more than 665 milligrams. Presidential publicity stunts are nothing new, like that time Gerald Ford broke his pelvis trying to jump Snake River Canyon. Howard Stern, Cher, Kid Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, they've all entertained the notion that the nation should be led by entertainers, which is, of course, a common career path in the USA. A professional wrestler became the professional governor of Minnesota. A comedian became the hands-on senator of Minnesota. A movie cowboy became governor and president because he could remember his lines, and unfortunately not much else. Just a few weeks ago on this program, I took issue with the US obsession with celebrity culture, and the byproduct of Mr. West switching his medication has already given him 2% in the polls. Certainly not a path to 270, but it's strong enough to make somebody like Lincoln Chafee jealous of that kind of support. Is Yeezy actually running for president? It doesn't matter, because the entire enterprise has become a goddamn joke. And even though we already know the punchline, we've decided that we want to keep slamming shots at the bar we walked into with the priest, the rabbi, and the minister. Running for any office is a popularity contest. I get it. But this country is addicted to this idea that popularity actually means anything. Just because I saw Mark Cuban buy an asswipe company on ABC Primetime doesn't mean he's the one who should be balancing the federal budget. This country has a serious problem with civic duty and our politics as sports and entertainment, which makes a rundown of congressional hearings and trade negotiations resemble a Tony Kornheiser segment, means that the loudest voice in the room always has to win. But to me, it's the quiet voices that should be demanding our attention. The scientists, 
The economists, the city planners, the public policy data nerds, the people who closed down the library while the rest of the campus was huffing bags of glue after a football game. A blue checkmark should be seen as a bug, not a feature. And we should be led by the people who have led actual lives rather than the lives that a brand manager ran through an A-B-tested filter on Instagram. Bartender Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ran for office to address, among other things, income inequality, something you tend to experience when someone leaves a $1 tip on a $65 shot of Johnny Walker Blue to demonstrate two entirely different levels of bad taste. When Stacey Abrams ran for governor, she personalized her own struggles with student loan debt after law school and credit card debt after Hurricane Katrina. Unlike Johnny Depp's $30,000 a month wine habit, which I assume is put towards getting people drunk enough to enjoy one of his films, these public servants sought to tackle relatable issues that people actually struggle with. Back around 2007 and 2008, Barack Obama's popularity led many to assert that he was the first celebrity president. But by the time that he was elected, he'd already been, among other things, a U.S. senator, state senator, civil rights attorney, law professor, and community organizer. Maybe I'll stump for Representative Kardashian when she finishes law school litigates cases for a decade, and avenges her father's death by finally tracking down the real killer. Like Oscar Pistorius forgetting to grab his carbon fiber blades before fleeing a murder scene, the United States is not running very well. And if we still want to be guided by a mentally unstable grifter who sleeps with porn stars, peddles tasteless and expensive apparel, and profits off of his tenuous grasp on the Bible, it's easy enough to re-elect the one we've already got. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Megan Childers, a Michigan-based professional event planner. Megan, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on. On Thursday, O.J. celebrated a major lifetime milestone. Hey, Twitter world. It's me, yours truly. Well, today I'm celebrating my 34th annual 39th birthday. How you do the math. And I woke up this morning uh, reminiscing about a lot of things, but reminiscing about sports because of Corona. Who knows what we're going to have this fall and how important sports has been to me. Hey, stay healthy, stay safe, take care. Megan, what do you think about what OJ had to say? Well, I think it's important to celebrate the milestone in one's life, whether that's a birthday, an anniversary, or really any other major achievement. Major events like these are great opportunities to look back on the best times of a life well lived. And Mr. Simpson's birthday is indeed a great cause for celebration. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? He's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Megan, thanks for joining me. Yeah. And that's the latest written record. Hey, keep listening. Keep listening. Please subscribe to the show. If you like the show, please tell your friends to listen. I'm. It would be cool. I want people to listen to the show. You can tell them whatever you want. Have them subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, other weird apps. I'm asking you, as 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 a friend who lets me into your ears. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, written recorder produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. Latestpod.com for all your latest podcast needs. You can, uh, old episodes, read the transcripts, look at uh, poorly drawn pictures. That's all on there. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you'll be hearing me soon. And, you, and by that, I mean you will soon be hearing me do an episode, another episode of this podcast. <laughs> A fire in the, oh my God. Ha, ha, ha.